You've been disrupted. This is the podcast that explores the business challenges in a disrupted world. We talk to industry leaders from Fortune 500 companies about their personal journeys and get their insights to help you reinvent yourself during these crazy disruptive times. I'm Steve Ligori. And I'm Akiva Beebe. In this episode, we're honored to be chatting to Marvin Gross, head of new business incubation at Hewlett Packard. He's also involved with the print strategy and incubation area of the business. Marvin has a fantastic history and an enviable reputation in innovation and leadership, not just in Silicon Valley, but around the world. Throughout his professional career, Marvin's been a thought leader in a tremendous number of disruptions and changes, and is going to share some of these fascinating insights to tell us about what he has learned along the way. Of course, his personal journey has relevance to what we're going through with the global pandemic, and we'll talk to him about what those changes have meant for Hewlett-Packard. Marvin, welcome. We're very excited to have you here on the podcast, and I'd like you to start off by introducing yourself and give us some uh, interesting things about your career. Yeah, no, thanks, Steve. I'm very happy to be here. Um, As you mentioned, uh, I head up our new business incubations for our print strategy uh, and incubations group here and within our printing and imaging solutions organization. I've been with HP almost all my career. I've done everything except for HR (laughs) and finance. So I've been in customer satisfaction. I've been in information technology. I've been most of my career, which is where I found really my sweet spot and I feel like my calling in new business. So I've been in new business here within uh, HP, you know, for over 20 years. And here, what I'm doing now is I'm managing a portfolio of new business incubations for our print uh, strategy and incubations group, uh, where I manage a team of new business founders, and we're responsible for identifying, building out, substantiating uh, new businesses within, uh, you know, printing, imaging, and solutions. Marvin, to go backwards one more time before we go forward. When you think of the changes in technology 20 years ago, there were printers 20 years ago. People were probably just getting comfortable with printing at home. Obviously, you guys have a huge B2B business. There was no social media. The whole internet was just exploding. What was it like at that time in Hewlett-Packard? And what kind of innovations were you working on then? And what's it been, like four or five years since you guys split the company, et cetera, et cetera? You brought PCs in. Give us a little bit of a over a tour through some of the changes that you've literally witnessed firsthand because you've been there. I spent most of my career, if not all uh, of the new business parts of my career in our printing and imaging solutions business. So you're right, Steve, it has gone through several pivots, if you will, um, to the point where, you know, printing uh, across, you know, home, office, as well as commercial uh, and industrial printing has been, you know, something that has been a huge growth uh, trajectory for us and a huge uh, part of our business and our success. Um, And so I think the things that uh, we've seen happen, uh, there's always been something, right, that's uh, been identified that's going to disrupt printing before, you know, when email came out and became, you know, uh, the primary means that uh, people were starting to communicate um, we all thought that printing was going to die then, but in fact, we saw printing become even more relevant. Oh, yeah. Everything was going to be electronic and we wouldn't need to buy paper anymore. Exactly. Yeah. 
oh, wow, where did that go? <laughs> exactly. And then, you know, with social media, just like you said, uh, the, the next chapter around social media and all of our communication there is going to be virtual and social and communication. And so, you know, we've, we've um, managed to, you know, kick off a series of, uh, you know, incubations and investigations and uh, business opportunities that capitalize on some of those pivots. And I think that's the key thing that's um, helped keep us relevant. And so how do we keep printing relevant in a world where, you know, everything is changing and it's changing constantly? And the thing that we're seeing now is, uh, you know, now that with the pandemic, you're seeing many retail places start to shutter. You're starting to see more people working uh, from home and learning uh, from home. And so that creates another opportunity for us. And so what we've done is move more towards a contractual and service model where you don't need to go uh, into the retail environment, if you don't need to, you can have that delivered directly to your door before you run out. Uh, it's an instant ink program. So we've uh, instituted things like that, uh, as well as allowing you to uh, go through the process of uh, getting those products um, as well on a contractual basis. So those are the things that I think we've used to really capitalize on the disruptions, which are constant to keep you know, printing relevant in everyday lives. What are some of the leadership style changes that you've seen over this evolution? You know, we tend to look at the technology, but the, you know, the cultural implications behind all these are really at, at a lot of times overwhelming in terms of the impact it's had on whether or not the firm and individuals have ultimately succeeded or, you know, had to leave and go someplace else. Yeah. And I, and I think some of those, um, leadership qualities that I think uh, that are really ushering us into, you know, the time that we're in now is, uh, I think, more of a growth mindset around things. And that's being comfortable with um, not knowing, you know, all the answers. Uh, and I think as you start to see here through this disruption that we're going through right now, uh, it's difficult to predict what success is going to look like and you know, uh, where you're going to be and how things are going to evolve. And so being, having leadership that, uh, is able to demonstrate a growth mindset, uh, as opposed to a fixed mindset, uh, I think is something that's really been helpful. I think also, uh, not everything that we try is going to be successful. So I think being comfortable with parts of failure. Right. Uh, and I think being comfortable with that and then empowering people, which is something I think HP has always done. But I think we're starting to really see that when you empower people um, to find those answers uh, and even sometimes allow those answers to be wrong and then pivot quickly uh, in an agile fashion, I think are also some of the things that I've seen become more and more relevant within HP uh, in the environments. And I think that's a testament to why HP has continued to thrive and grow uh, through, just as you said, many of the splits. Uh, we've split probably three times, I think, since I've been here. You know, there was the Agilent split. There's the HP Enterprise split. And like you said, we brought on uh, Compact and merged with them. So I, I think that's a testament to, you know, the culture that we have here in HP. Building on that, Marvin, is 
that culture of that growth mindset and, and sort of that culture of reinvention and being able to pivot an established organization like yourself to be able to scale that? I mean, how did you actually do it? I mean, because a lot of large organizations we've worked with, they just really struggle to kind of scale it, to kind of create that movement that, that gets to drive it. How are you able to kind of galvanize that? I think, uh, you know, the saying culture eats strategy for lunch, I, I think <laughs> it's true. And I think it's very much an HP culture. And that's one of the reasons I've been with HP as long as I have. I've had multiple careers within HP and I've done pretty much all the things that I've loved and I've enjoyed doing and I've reached my sweet spot here. But I think that's a testament again to the culture that HP has where they do empower the individual. And I think HP has really prided itself on respect for the individual as a person, respect for the individual's career, and also as we were started and founded by two uh, gentlemen in the garage, there's always been this entrepreneurial inventor uh, spirit within HP. Uh, and there's always been this sense of all the business units within HP being autonomous um, and self-contained and then having the capability, the empowerment to be able to go after, develop and drive the markets that they are uh, operating in. So I think that entrepreneurial spirit, that empowering spirit, that respect for people and their careers is something that allows us to the longevity that, that uh, you see. Which I guess is, is a tough one because a lot of entrepreneurial businesses we've come across, they they start like that and then they become really big and they start scaling and then the entrepreneurial innovation starts to become one of their biggest struggles, almost their Achilles heel in a way. So somehow you've managed to almost incorporate it and institutionalize it, which is fascinating. We've had uh, our challenges in those areas, but again, I think the culture that HP has is the one thing I would just say really allows us to continue to, you know, evolve in that area and, and make no mistake again, you know, we've, we've had our own struggles with, uh, you know, <laughs> um, acquiring, you know, uh, smaller companies and then smaller companies either doing well or not so well. And I think it's a, again, it's a, it's a growth mindset that we have. And uh, I think our culture, you know, allows us to attract people that, uh, you know, uh, allow us to continue to innovate and invent much the same way that the founders intended. The core principles that you have, you know, the invention mindset, entrepreneurial, you know, clearly is one of the things that sustains you. My goodness, you're going to be coming up like on the century mark, aren't you? We're on the 81 year mark. Yeah. We're coming up on yeah. the 81 year mark. Yep. Yeah. I mean, so just incredible story. But my question a little bit more pointed is, how has that worked during the times when you're not growing? You know, the splits and the spinoffs you've been, you know, the, you know, the history, I'll just make the generalization and, you know, apply it if it does to HP is most companies don't do splits and spinoffs because they're, they're growing too fast. So that has had to have brought in, you know, stress and reorganization and things like that. Talk to us a little bit about How's the conflict of the reality of, you know, let's say you're not making your numbers and the market, you know, stock market's pounding your stock. How have you been able to survive in an environment like that? What personal pivots have you had to do? And then maybe even in a general sense, 
How does the company come through? Because it's great to see that you are coming through, but I'm sure it's not been without its challenges. The best example I think I can give is what I think what we're experiencing now as we all are facing and coming through this pandemic is um, you, we're, we're starting to see that, uh, you know, we're able to capitalize on a lot of the disruptions, not just in the marketplace, right, um, but in behaviors as well as, you know, geopolitical as well. I think if you look at what's happening right now, let's just take uh, the PC. I think everybody thought that the PC was dead. And now you're starting to see the PC become essential again, right? Again, for learning at home. And I think, you know, we, we have a uh, PC business that is focused not only in the office, but also at home. Uh, that allows us to take advantage of that. So I think, you know, us being in a position where we are able to capitalize on markets, capitalize on trends, which we keep a very close eye on, and then be in a position to act on those quickly has really helped us. And, and again, I think that mindset of being uh, in a growth mindset and being agile and being nimble has really helped us. Same thing for our printing business. I mean, again, we talked earlier about how printing, everybody thought printing was dead and irrelevant. And there are some challenges that we are facing right now. Um, the office is a large segment of the printing that gets done. And as everybody knows, printing, you know, the office, a lot, many offices are shuttered as people are here working at home. And so that's going to have a huge impact on us. But once again, we have a very large footprint uh, for home printing, which allows us to take advantage of that disruption that's happening in offices right now. And so we've got models in place where we get a chance to take advantage of the, that shift in the marketplace, that shift in behavior, that shift in just our lives, our everyday lives that we're going, uh, that are going on right now. And I think being in position to take advantage of those is, um, is really what's helped us uh, in those situations. And I think that's part of, you know, being an inventor, right? Being an, an entrepreneur, which is, I think, a lot of HP spirit is you want to be able to position yourselves to take advantage of the disruptions that uh, come about. Uh, and I think that's something that we've been uh you know, thriving and, and priding ourselves on is, uh, you know, remaining relevant and then, you know, becoming uh, important in everyday life for people, whether they're working or, or in their home and everyday experiences. All these conversations we've had, and you and I have had many, it's hard, hard to believe that, uh, you know, we're a year into this pandemic and, you know, every, we're hopefully the lights at the end of the tunnel, but, you know, massive changes and quote, the new normal, unquote, who knows exactly what that's going to look like. This is kind of a pivot, but then kind of a, a follow-up question. You and I have had several conversations around a framework that many corporations have used, oh, geez, going back maybe not 10 years, but certainly the last five, six, seven, eight, around uh, McKinsey's Horizon 1, Horizon 2, Horizon 3 model, where the business units tended to do Horizon 1, which was close in, things like line extensions and stuff like that. And then innovative teams like yourself would get involved in H2, which was adjacencies, if you would, and then H3, which is like totally new businesses and new models. One of the things that uh, I was really excited about getting you on this podcast for you to talk about is 
you said to me one day, geez, this is probably six months ago, you know, we've had to throw that completely out the window because, you know, each three is like right now, like get it done if you want to stay in business. How have you reframed yourself from kind of like an organized, okay, let's, you know, go through the steps one at a time and the tailgates and things like that to be able to handle all these pivots? I mean, it's great to hear you in position to change. Did you have to change specific structures? Was it a more the culture just kind of knew what to do? Talk to us a little bit about that. This is a work in process uh, for me and I think for us uh, at HP and probably everyone. But just as you said, right, this global crisis has really created a disruption in the way that we live, the way that we work, the way that we play. And uh, so it's it's forced me and I think HP to really say, you know, uh, we're really looking, having to look at accelerating all of the areas of our of our strategy because you're starting to see, again, this shuttering of retail and then this uh, blending of omni channels, right, uh, happening much faster. Shift to online, right. Uh, you're starting to see people move out of uh, the more populous areas into more the suburbs, you know, as you know, the pandemic is hitting those large cities and more populated areas harder than others. And first, um, you're starting to see people, again, have to work from home, um, educate from home, learn from home. And so, a lot of the things that we already had on our Horizon 2 or Horizon 3 where, you know, much of my portfolio has been focused. Uh, I think you're starting to see those horizons collapse and you're starting to see a lot of those things that we thought we had three or five years, you know, to position ourselves for to capitalize on those opportunities. Those opportunities are now. And much closer in. So I think having to adapt not just your strategy, but also your culture to take advantage of those things, even, you know, as people are starting to have to work from home. Right. Um, and being more mobile. Those are things that we thought we you know, would transition to over time. Well, we we learned that we can be much more productive by working from home and we don't have to travel all the time, being able to do more and more things virtually. So it's forced me to look at, hey, how can I use a lot of the capabilities, the skills that, uh, you know, have really helped us continue to build out our portfolio in Horizon 2 and 3? How can I utilize some of those assets, those skills, those capabilities to, you know, try to define solutions, services that solve people's problems, uh, allow us to capitalize on the opportunities that are now in Horizon 1, 2, 3 that are, that are now uh, collapsed into the next 18 months. Hearing that, Marvin, it's great to hear how you almost turning your strategy almost into this hypothesis that you're testing against reality so quickly. Yes. But it, it really is counterintuitive for a lot of businesses your size where strategy is like almost a yearly review. I mean, here it almost sounds like like there's a consistent checking in. I mean, how are you actually doing that? Because that sounds like quite a significant shift that I guess a lot of businesses are still trying to work out quite with a lot of difficulty. Yeah. And, I, and again, I think this is a work in progress for us too. And I think – as part of that work in progress, the realization or the embracing of the fact that, you know, the things that uh, we're trying to see if, you know, we are right 
about some of the hypotheses that we have about the way people are going to work and play and learn, you know, in a, you know, uh, disrupted environment. Are we willing to try a few experiments, try a few pilots that allow us to learn that very quickly and being okay with being wrong about that and then pivoting very quickly to see if we can match that. But again, I think, you know, we had started to make some of these pivots around moving more to a contractual model, for example, with our services, uh, with our printing solutions and the likes and our portfolio. We've just accelerated that now to try to uh, take advantage of that now. And it, and it, you know, these are things that we had out on horizon, you know, two and three, but now uh, they become much more relevant now. Uh, and so what does the remaining parts of the portfolio, the experiences, uh, as people's behaviors start to shift, as these markets start to shift, right? And uh, how can we position ourselves to take advantage of those behavior shifts, of those market shifts, right? And those customer shifts. So that's really, I think, what the work in process is. And I think the ones that uh, figure that out the soonest are the ones that are, I think, are going to uh, be in the best position to capitalize. I think I've said this in other podcasts. I, I feel like the pandemic and the huge changes that have been wrought this past year is, is going to kind of like bifurcate the world of business into the winners and losers with very few in the middle space. Uh, I just think that the need to accelerate, the need to change, the need to respond to the market forces, which, you know, continue still to evolve every day, are just incredible in terms of what's going on. And it's, it's, it's really, really encouraging and I think fortunate to have someone with your experience working in a firm like that because you're doing it. So to wrap up, Marvin, if you think of folks earlier in their career, which is one of the audiences I'm hope that we're reaching with our podcast is what are some of the personal traits about knowing yourself, knowing your environment that you could give as, you know, leadership or learning examples to folks about how you've been able to you know, be, quite frankly, a corporate entrepreneur? You know, the term we've been working with in the corporate entrepreneur community is, you know, someone who's very entrepreneurial but does it within a, a huge, you know, in your case, multi-billion, multinational corporation. What thoughts or advice can you give to, to folks who, quite frankly, would like to be like Marvin? Yeah, I mean, that's a great question. I'm still learning what it's like to be Marvin. Well, yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> you, you, you've used the term work in progress many, many times, and I, could, I couldn't yes. agree with you more. Our, all, all our careers, I mean, to me, it's, it's, you know, it's the journey. It's not the end point. So good for you that you're definitely a lifelong learner. Having said that, what, you know, I'm sure you have some, some thoughts. Yeah, and that's the key. I think uh, that embodies, I think, uh, what I think has really helped me have, I think, the multiple careers that I've had and uh, all of which I've enjoyed uh, within HP. Um, and that is continuing to learn. I think uh, I'm very curious. I love to learn. I'm energized by learning. And I think as I've talked with you about many times, Steve, I was doing this probably 20 years ago. I just didn't know what it was called, right? I, I didn't know what it was called. I, I just had this desire to learn and to build new things and to solve people's problems. And, uh, you know, I think that's really what 
has helped HP be relevant. And I think that's what's helped me, you know, remain relevant, at least in my career and the things that uh, I continue to learn and be curious about uh, and not being satisfied. And I think knowing yourself, constantly evaluating yourself in terms of what's important to you, what you do well, and then how you can apply those things to the environment and the company, what employees, what the culture is like inside of the company and the the people close to the people that you're that you're working with. I think constantly doing that self-evaluation and then trying to apply, you know, who you are to those situations and then continuing to learn and to grow, I think is really what's kept me energized throughout my career and helped me to grow throughout my career. An incredibly interesting talk with one of the world's most innovative business organizations and Marvin, one of the great innovation minds that I've met. Summarizing Marvin's comments, the first theme is having a growth mindset and the entrepreneurial and innovative spirit, something that, of course, is in Hewlett-Packard's DNA. The benefits of pivoting, as Marvin and HP have done, are obvious. They've endured multiple generations of change, technologies, corporate structures, and economic ups and downs, and they've come out stronger each and every time. It's arguably their biggest strength. 20 years ago, the email revolution told us paper was not going to exist anymore. But now, HP is selling more printers and more ink and toner than ever before. The pandemic, of course, has been another huge change. Thanks to Marvin and HP's mindset and the entrepreneurial spirit that they still have, they were perfectly positioned to capitalize on all the lessons learned in the past and now successfully navigate and pivot into the changes brought about by the pandemic. The shift to work from home and learn from home has led to an ever-increasing demand for PCs and printers. And so the different types of customer requirements for both are fitting right into the strategy of Hewlett-Packard. It's always great to hear how people and companies are reinventing themselves. Every one of us is struggling in this new marketplace in which we find ourselves. So Marvin's lessons are good for all of us to internalize. He talks about being in his career sweet spot, and that can only happen when you never stop learning. And that includes learning about yourself. A successful career, Marvin included, is built on knowing who you are, what makes you tick, knowing your goals, and where you find enjoyment in what you do. But of course, you always have to apply it, which isn't always easy. It takes courage to be a corporate entrepreneur because a lot of times you're saying something somewhat uncomfortable that goes against the grain. But if you're going to be a leader and a change agent, you've got to do it. Thanks for listening to this episode of You've Been Disrupted with me, Steve Ligori, and my co-host, Akiva Baby. You can find all our episodes of this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. You've Been Disrupted is produced by Liguri Innovation in the U.S. and associated with cliffcentral.com in Johannesburg, South Africa. Thanks for listening.